I've always been intrigued by the idea of environmentalism in the Torah. And we know that it exists from the mitzvah, the, the prohibition of baltashchis, uh, that we're not permitted to unnecessarily destroy resources. Uh, what, what's interested me is uh, whether this uh, din, whether this prohibition is a ben odem lemachem or a ben odem lechavero. Is this Hashem instructing us to take care of the object being the planet and nature? And it's a mitzvah between man and God. Or is this an interpersonal mitzvah, not to cause harm to others, to, to present generations and future generations? And we'll clarify that through our conversation uh, on this Omid. Uh, strange, once again, how something so unrelated to Yevamos gets resolved through an understanding of a sugya in Yevamot. Let's start off with the, uh, the din of, of Baal Tashchit. We have a posuk in Shoftim. If you're battling against the city for many days, uh, fighting the inhabitants of the city to capture them, don't destroy the trees around that city to chop it down with an axe. Because you will eat from that tree. And you may not chop it down. Uh, and then the, in the next posuk, uh, the, the Torah tells us, If you need the wood, uh, then you must use trees that are not fruit trees. And then you can build a fortress with that wood and so on. The Sefer HaChinuch, in Mitzvah Taf Kuf Kaftet, Sefer HaChinuch lists all the mitzvot of the Torah, uh, gives us the source, gives us some of the philosophy of the mitzvah and some of the halachot of the mitzvah. Uh, we're not altogether sure who the author of the Sefer HaChinuch is, but the generally accepted uh, opinion is that he was a Rishon, uh, the Ra'o, um, and um, th- that, that's generally who we hold it to be. And, and he says, Included in this prohibition is not to cause any destruction. For example, to burn or to tear an item of clothing or to break utensils unnecessary uh, and any such things. With all of them, we've got to be careful and say uh, this too forms part of Baal Tashchit. Uh, however, he says, The true Torah prohibition that is an Isur Malkot, a real love, is only if you chop down fruit trees, which is explicit in the Torah. But other forms of destruction, uh, they're punishable by stripes, but not Malkot. In other words, the stripes that by which they are then punishable are Midrabanan. Uh, this is a Drabonan law, not a Doraisa. So the Sefer HaChinuch is very clear. Doraisa is just to chop down a fruit tree. It includes all other forms of destroy, destroying valuable resources, but the, the others, the extension of the principle is a Drabonan, not a Doraita. And then he says the Shoresh HaMitzvah, the philosophy, the underlying principle who is Shehu Kedei Lilmod Lamed Nafshenu Le'ehov HaTov V'Atoelet Ulihidabek Bo. It's to teach us the value in usefulness. Uh, and goodness, and not to destroy that which has use. And through that we'll develop an understanding of value and goodness, uh, and so he de- develops it. And that one should be upset about any loss of or destruction of value, 
ואם יוכלו להציל, יצילו כל דבר מהשחית בכל כוחם. And one should intervene with all one's power to prevent the destruction, the unnecessary destruction of a resource of value. The, uh, there are Rishonim who deal with the question as to whether this applies also b'makom mitzvah. When there's a mitzvah to involved and you need, let's say, the fruit tree for a mitzvah, can you chop it down? And uh, Rabbi Vadya Yosef, the Sephardi chief rabbi of some decades ago, wrote a fortune of, of halachic material. Uh, and, and the value in his work, apart from his own conclusions, the value is that he brings an, an incredible amount of, of, of sources. Uh, it's, it's just phenomenal what he knew without the use of computers. Um, and he, in Yechave Dat Chelekei Simen Memvov, deals with the question as to whether you can use the branches of a fruit tree to aschach for your sukkah. And at the end of a very long tshuva, he says, Besikum, in summary, Mutar liktsotz anafim shalatzei pri kedei lesachech bahem et asukah, ve'en bezei isur mishum bal tashchit. You may chop down a fruit tree in order to use it for aschach of a sukkah, and there's no prohibition of bal tashchit. However, if one can get a non-Jew to do it instead of the Jew, and so, and so on. That's how he concludes that where there's a mitzvah entailed, there's no baltashkis. And based on our Gemara, I'm going to take issue with that, um, that even where there's a mitzvah, there could be a problem of baltashkis. Uh, from our Gemara here in Yavoma, strangely enough, what's the connection? Well, we have a Mishnah uh, that we're dealing with here, with Haita Achat Kshira Vachat Psula. If a man has to do Yibum and his brother had two wives, he now has the choice, he can do Yibum with either one uh, of, of the two wives. But if one of those wives was Kshera Likuhuna and one was Psula Likuhuna, meaning one of them was previously married and divorced, and therefore she may not marry a Kohen, whereas the other wife uh, was only married to the, the, to the deceased, Uh, and therefore she's a widow, has never been a divorcee, and she could remarry a Kohen. And in that case, the Mishnah tells us, If you're doing chalitza, do the chalitza with the one who is already forbidden to a Kohen. Because if you do the chalitza with the one who's permitted to the Kohen, she now becomes forbidden, because a chalitza, a woman who has had chalitza, can also not marry a Kohen, just as a gurusha, a divorcee cannot. So don't turn her into a chalutza if you can avoid that. Since you can do chalitza with the woman who is already not fit for, to marry a Kohen, and automatically her tzara, as we've learned, her co-wife uh, is released from, from Yibum as well, doesn't need chalitza, that means the co-wife can still marry a Kohen, and the, the wife with whom you've done chalitza in any case couldn't have married a Kohen. But if you want to do Yibum, you can do Yibum to with everyone you want, also to the Kshera. Our Gemara says, on this idea of there being one that was a kosher for Kohen and one that wasn't. Amarav Yosef, Kan Shana Rebbe. Rebbe is teaching us an important principle in this Mishnah. And he uses a metaphor to teach us the principle. Lo a person may not pour out water from his pit if other people may need them. Uh, so that, that's what it means here. So what is, what is the connection? So here, you, you want to do chalitza. So you're not going to marry either of these women. You're going to do chalitza. It makes no difference to you who you do chalitza with. So think of 
second order consequence, as Ray Dalio calls, calls them. There's, there is a second order consequence to Chalitza, and that is the woman you're doing Chalitza with can no longer marry a Kohen. That being the case, with awareness of second order consequence, do the Chalitza with the one who is in any event not permitted to the Kohen, with a Psula and not with a Kshera. In the same way as if you've got water in your, in your pitcher and you don't need the water, don't throw it out. Somebody else might need the water. What is the basis of this prohibition? So there's an amazing Rabbeinu Yeruchim. Rabbeinu Yeruchim is a 14th century Rishon um, who, who wrote a, a, a work that has become a very, very important work in Halakha. Um, the Chida, who wrote the, the Sefer Shem Agdolim, the Chida wrote a wonderful encyclopedia where he goes through all this for him and authors until his time uh, and comments about them. And when he writes about Rabbeinu Yeruchim, he says that Rabbeinu Yeruchim's Torah comes from such a high place that there's, one, one shouldn't try to write perushim, one shouldn't try to write commentaries. There's no way one can do justice to the work of Rabbeinu Yeruchim. Um, and in fact, he mentions that there's a, uh, a, a belief, a myth, that if one does try and write uh, perushim on Rabbeinu Yeruchim, uh, there's a curse. It, it doesn't work out well for the person who tries, and that's why there are very few Perushim on the work of Rabbeinu Yeruchim. Anyway, Rabbi Yeruchim says, on this din of water, this din that, that Rabbi teaches us here and that Rav Yosef brings to our attention, and if you see somebody who wants to throw water out, we're talking even about water, one of the least valuable items in terms of cost. Even if a person just wants to throw his water out, you stop him. And if he does throw his water out, you can the Beisdin can put him in Kherim, Mishum Bal Tashchit, because he's he's transgressed the prohibition of Bal Tashchit, of you shall not destroy resources. And if they warned him about it properly, the way one has to warn for a punishment of Beisdin, then he actually gets Malkot. In other words, a major Chidush Rabbeinu Yeruchim tells us that doing this, pouring out this water, is an Isud Oraita, it's a Torah prohibition, it's an extension of Baal Tashchit. But not as the Sefer Achinuch says, that the extension is a Drabonin. Rabbeinu Yeruchim holds that even the extension is a Doraisa, and that's what Rebbe teaches us here. Otherwise, where does it come from? Why not? Who says you can't pour water out that you have no need for? The only basis for it, says Rabbeinu Yeruchim, is the Torah law of, of Baal Tashchit. And so Rabbi Yeruchim Yeruch gives us that, that chidush. Uh, the Netziv, Tzvi um, Yehuda Berlin, the uh, Rosh Yeshiva of, of Navarodok, the uh, founder really of, uh, not, well, not the founder, the founder was Reb Chaim, uh, sorry, the Rosh Yeshiva of, of Valozhin. Um, Valozhin was really the mother yeshiva of all subsequent yeshivas founded by Reb Chaim Valozhin. Uh, but for a long period of time, uh, in the 19th century, the uh, Rosh Yeshiva there was the Nitziv. And the Nitziv writes in Haimek Dava, he wrote an important parish on the Torah, on the Posuk where uh, Rivka is met by Eliezer and she's giving water to the camels. And then, then it says a strange thing in the Posuk, which I'd never really noticed before. Vatamaher vatar kada el hashoket vatar od el lishov. She emptied her uh, she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough and then went back to the, to the well to fill it up. 
Uh, and on that, the Hamikdava says, "Hodia hakatuv daata ki afal pishlo ayad b'motar shibichad kadesh tiyata gemalim." Even though she, the Torah comes to tell us here, why does it tell us that she emptied the pitcher into the trough? What does it make a difference to us whether she emptied it or where she emptied it? What's important is she went back to the well and got more water. But it's to teach us that there was some leftovers in in the pitcher, insufficient to feed another camel. But she didn't throw the leftovers out onto the ground. She threw the leftovers into the trough. Um, and the reason for that is, is based on our Gemara in, in Yevomus. Says, says the Nitziv. Um, so, so here we see how, how far this goes. And that the idea, according to the Rabbeinu Yeruchim, is that Baal Tashchit includes the case of uh, even throwing out water that somebody else doesn't, that, that somebody might make use of even if you don't require it. And this halacha, as applied to the two Yevamot, is paskened in Shulchan Aruch, in Simen Kuf Samach Aleph, in Evan Ha'ezes, Seif Bez, Hayu Bahem Sulot if among the wives qualifying for Yibum, there was a wife who was already Pasul Kuhunayim, Balach Lot, Seinu Cholet, Seinu Lip Sulav, Velolik Shera, if you're doing, um, if you're doing Chalitza, do it with the one who, in any case, cannot marry into a, the family of a Kohen. The Beis Yosef brings that. So the Beis Yosef is, this is the author of the Shulchan Aruch, Rabbi Yosef Cairo, who before writing the Shulchan, Shulchan Aruch wrote a full perush on the Tur, uh, which was the first collection of halacha in the order of the Shulchan Aruch, the four different volumes of Shulchan Aruch. And the Beis Yosef writes his perush on the Tur and says on this halacha in Kuf Samach Aleph, that v'chatav Rabbeinu Yeruchim b'shem Haramah, he once again brings this Rabbeinu Yeruchim, who says in the name of the Ramah, another important Rishon, kofin otolach lotzlipsula, not only is he obligated to do chalitza with the one who is already forbidden to kuhuna, but we force him to do it that way. And if we told him that's what he has to do, and he deliberately does chalitza with the other woman, we put him into cherim. And if they gave him the proper form of, of, of warning, then he gets malkot as well. So here the Beis Yosef brings the Rabbein Yeruchim from another area of the Rabbein, of, of, uh, of the Sefer. This is from the Tiv Kafhei in Chelek Aleph. Whereas the previous part that we brought in, in Rabbein Yeruchim about the water was in Chelek Bet, the Tiv Lamed Aleph. Uh, here the Beis Yosef brings Rabbeinu Yerucham on and applies it to the laws of the of Yibum, as we have in the Torah, uh, in our Gemara, and brings that same comment that there's a Chiyuv Malkus, implying that there's some kind of Isudor writer even, it, it would seem, some kind of Torah prohibition uh, for the man in spoiling the woman who's available for kuhuna by doing chalitza with her and making her unavailable with kuhuna. There's some kind of, of, of Torah prohibition in that. And the Taz, in fact, in fact brings that as well. And says, we learn in, in our Gomorrah, he references our Gomorrah here, and says that we mustn't pour out water that others might need. And um, that means that even if you don't need it, you may not cause damage to others. And you should rather do chalitza with the psula. And that's what, and Rabbeinu Yeruchim says, he, he references Rabbeinu Yeruchim, the same Rabbeinu Yeruchim that the Beis Yosef brings on the tour, but the Shulchan Aruch doesn't mention, and he says that you can actually punish him for not following that rule. The Beit Meir, an important Mefarish also, safer on, on the Shulchan Aruch, the Beit Meir was an 18th century 
um, Posek, uh, very, very great. There are records of Rabbi Kiva Eger sending him shilas, asking him questions, and treating him with the greatest of respect. The base mayor says, I don't understand this. Where does this come from that there could be a punishment for doing it? I get the Gemara that that's the right thing to do. But where do you get punishment? Putting him in cheirim, giving him malkot. Even if somebody disobeys the law of the Torah, not a love, but an assay, which is actually mentioned in the Torah, we don't, we don't give malkot. Where does that come from? But of course, the principle here that the Beit Meir isn't accepting is the principle of Rabbeinu Yeruchim that extends Baal Tashchit to this case. It's a very big chidush. It's a major extension to say that Baal Tashchit applies not only if you pour out water from your pitcher that you don't need, but even in the case of spoiling the woman's capacity to marry a coin, that's also Baal Tashchit. That teaches us something about Baal Tashchit we've never thought before. It's not about environmentalism. There's nothing to do with environmentalism in the case of Yevomus. This is about who you give chalitza to, to, to woman A or to woman, or to woman B. There's nothing to do with the environment, which means the principle underlying Baltashchit is not an environmental principle. It's about doing damage to other people. And if one damages the environment, somebody is going to suffer. There's a chain effect of it, of damaging the environment. It might be people who are far away who'll suffer. It might be people of another generation who are suffering. You might be setting an example that others will also damage the environment, and that will cause still more damage. This is really about tr- how you treat other people. It's not about how you treat the planet. The planet is not an object to be revered. It's not an object to be worshipped. The planet is there to serve to serve humankind. Hashem has given it to us. He's given the, the planet, He's given earth to us, to humankind, to use, and for it to serve us. The planet is here to serve us, not we to serve the planet. So what is Baal Tashchit? Baal Tashchit is don't damage other people. Think of people. It's not about thinking of the planet. It's about thinking of people. And the Oruch HaShulchan is amazing. The Oruch HaShulchan is a um, uh, early... 20th century, end of the 19th century, the Rav of Navaradok, the father of the Torah Tamima, um, he wrote a parish on the whole of Shulchan Aruch, which really should be the go-to safer for, for Rabonim, for rabbis, to Paskin Shailas. And probably would have would have been had the Mishnah Brura not come along and written something much more accessible, at least on Orachaim. Um, but the but the Rabonim, true Rabonim, used the Orach HaShulchan. They use the Orach HaShulchan to understand the full background because he contextualizes the Halacha. He brings all the learning, all the Gemorahs into the Halacha, the Tur, the Rambam, the Shulchan Aruch. He's a, almost like a modern-day Tur. Um, and, and that's really the go-to place to understand the Halacha. And he says on this piece of Eben O'Ezer, It's bad-heartedness, it's bad character to cause damage to somebody in a situation where you don't need it. It, it has no benefit to you. And yes, we do force him to do chalitza with the pasula, with the one who in any case is not permitted to the coin if he doesn't want to. Why? This is not because of baltashchis. This is because the kegon ze kofin al midat sedom. Because this is in a case like this is we, we do force people on Midat Sodom. Midat Sodom is you have no benefit, but you won't give benefit to the other. If in a situation where it doesn't cost anything for you to give benefit to somebody else and you deny them that benefit. 
uh, even though it doesn't cost you. That's a Midat Sodom. That's the characteristic of the Sodom people. And Kofin, we actually force people to uh, not to do that. If you have an asset and there's no cost, direct or indirect, for somebody else to have benefit from that, from that asset, we force you to allow others to benefit from that asset and not to be the, the Midat, Midat Sodom. So what's interesting is what does the Orach HaShulchan do with this Rabbi, Rabbi Yeruchim? And he quotes the the Beis Shmuel, who brings the Rabbeinu Yeruchim, says, of course, fully aware of the centrality of the Rabbeinu Yeruchim in this piece of Gemara. Why does he bring in something new that nobody else has mentioned? Kofin al-Midat Sodom. And it's very possible what the Orach HaShulchan is teaching us is the basic underlying principle of Baal Tashchit. Baal Tashchit is a Midat Sodom. To destroy an asset that you don't need, but somebody else might need, is in itself a Midat Sodom. And yes, we do force people on, on Midat Sodom. So it's not just because of a Baal So he might disagree with, with Rabbeinu Yeruchim in the sense that this is actually an extension of the Doraisa, or perhaps he's explaining Rabbeinu Yeruchim. So when the base mayor says, I don't understand how you can go so far as to force somebody with a threat of punishment uh, to give chalitza to the woman who's already psula, where does that come from? Says the Oruch HaShulchan, it's no different to any other case of Kofin al-Midat Sodom. Maybe it's not the full Doraisa of Baal Tashchis, as the Sefer HaChinuch says. And by the way, the Oruch HaShulchan is descended from the Ra'or, the apparent uh, author of the, of the Sefer HaChinuch, which is interesting. So if there is a machlokis between the Sefer HaChinuch and Rabbeinu Yeruchim, where the Sefer HaChinuch says any extension of Baal Tashchit beyond fruit trees is a Drabon and not a Doraisa, and Rabbeinu Yeruchim seems to say that Baal Tashchis can extend all the way even to doing chalitza with a woman who is uh, is not already possible for Kuhuna when there's an opportunity to do a different Yibum. That too would be an Isidor Isa. The Oruch HaShulchan perhaps supports his his great ancestor and says, no, it's not a Dor Isa. But nevertheless, yes, we do force. And that's the, what Rebbe is teaching us in this piece of Gemara that Kegonze Kofin, because it is Midat Sodom. So back to the case of um, Ravavadya Yosef with can one use a, a, a fruit tree, let's say, for, for Schach, for the Sukkah. Well, here we talk about Chalitza. Chalitza is a mitzvah. And even though Chalitza is a mitzvah, we require that you give thought to the consequence. And therefore, I would say, if there is any way for you to use other wood, um, other branches for your schach, you're not permitted to use a fruit tree. Just as here, if there's a way not to give chalitza to a woman who is permitted to a kohen, if you can avoid that by giving chalitza to a different woman, then you must do so. And so in the case of, of uh, Baal Tashkis, if there is a way to do schach for your sukkah without destroying the fruit tree, you would be obligated to do that. And the only heter of destroying the fruit tree to use for the schach or some other mitzvah would be if, you're, um, if there is no alternative. And so we get very uh, into a greater sense of sensitivity and awareness and understanding of Torah environmentalism as it being not about the environment, but about people, about fellow human beings, whether in our generation or in future generations. And Baal Tashchit is a Ben Adam Lechaviro. It's an interpersonal din. It's not a, a Ben Adam Lamachim only. It's not just a law given by Hashem to protect the environment. Mm-hmm.